Updog fella. Look good, feel good, play good. We got some new Adidas golf swag coming the fella's way. I don't know if any new golf swag would help your game, but, but I love it. Adidas is excited to introduce new offerings within the go-to apparel collection that allows you to bring your style to the golf course. Not the traditional golf uniform. Go-to brings a fresh attitude to the game wherever you play. You'll look good on and off the course while enjoying all the technical benefits that let you play your best. Featuring streetwear-inspired style, the go-to collection rewrites all the rules and encourages you to express your style through every swing. Explore the new go-to collection on adidas.com slash golf. Fella. Updog. We were talking about mobile defensemen for the Blues. This guy was a fucking mobile D-man that could move the hips and open it up. Uh, let's see how many games he had here. 836 National League matches. Doing great stuff for Altitude TV. Now, I watch him, him, Kyle Keefe, and the boys. They do a great job in Denver. Uh, Johnny Michael Lyles. Johnny, thanks for joining Mr. Curfew. Thanks a lot for having me, fellas. Excited to be here. We broke out the golf tarps from Grayson because we know you're a stick. So we figured, hey, we got Johnny coming on. Phil just won the PGA. Let's break out the Grayson golf shirts. <laughs> I like it. I like it. They look, they look solid. What did you think of the, uh, let's start with some golf, Johnny. What did you think of, 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 first of all, that ocean course, the first two days when it was blowing, and then just what Phil did at 50? Wow, man, that, that course, I've played it before, and it, it's unbelievable. When the wind blows, that thing is so tough. I can't even imagine playing it as far back as those guys did. But um, seeing Phil win was, was, was pretty special, a lot like Tiger winning the Masters a few years ago. I did have money on Kepka, so I was rooting hard for him. Uh so I, you know, kind of, kind of push it a little bit against Phil, but to see him win like that was, was pretty amazing. I mean, just, he said it, man, hit bombs. Can't, can't win on that course without hitting bombs. <laughs> it's nice to see a couple old timers just picking. Now that we're like, you know, we're a couple veteran guys ourselves. Yeah. It's nice to see an old timer just step up and take on the kids and fuck man. and just bombing around. Um, yeah. yeah. That course looks sick though. It looked like whistling straights to me. Johnny, so you played you, you played it. So the first two days, Johnny, when I watched it, I was like, I want no part of ever playing this course. Like, oh. and then on Saturday when it wasn't quite as windy, I was like, oh, it looks somewhat enjoyable out there. But when it's blowing there, it must be impossible. I, I played two rounds there. So Mike Commissarek and I were playing in Carolina, and after the season, we went down there and uh, went to Charleston for a few nights and and played uh, played the course. And we I think we had like nine holes where it wasn't blowing and then we had, you know, 27 where it was just, you know, it was howling and, and it does. I mean, it's you're either downwind or you're just dead into the teeth. And man, the, the, the crazy thing about that course, there's like three or four different types of poisonous snakes on that course and gators. And they, like you hit it into the long stuff and the caddy's like, yeah, you, you, you just drop right here. Like they, they aren't even they aren't even going and looking for it. That's I, I want no part of any of that stuff. So, yeah, it was. uh it is, man. I mean, like some of those greens, I mean, you got 230 yard par threes on just a turtle back, um, you know, lightning fast green into the wind. And you're like, how, how does anybody put it on this thing? That's just the caddy's way of having a bunch of hackers with them. And they're like, we're not looking for these guys balls all day. Let's <laughs> just tell them there's a bunch of poisonous snakes. In the fucking- <laughs> they're like, not a chance. I'm going in that fucking lake again to look for your ball, bro. Our boy, yeah. our boy, our boy Lupo would be in one, Johnny. Cause he, he plays at shady Canyon out here and they got rattlers all over the place. So we'd be like, loops, you want to go in there? Brandon Steele would always be like, kind of a snaky lie in there. So Luce would be down there <laughs> fucking looking for his ball in the Gators. I wouldn't, go, I wouldn't go in there looking for my ball either. Fuck that. Speaking of Loops, we uh, we go way back. Loops play with Johnny. We're in Toronto, right, Johnny? 
Yeah, yeah, we had we had two and a half years together in Toronto. Lucky you, lucky you to see the loophole do his work in TO during that time must have been something special. It was fun to watch, both on and off the ice. <laughs> Johnny, playing in Toronto, how did you like deal? Because you're 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 doing great with media now, and you're you you know got a great attitude, good character guy. How did you like dealing with the media in Toronto? Your two years there. Well, I mean, it's uh, it's not it's not the easiest place to play, especially when things aren't going well. If things are going great, it's it's an awesome place to play. I mean, probably like a lot of cities in Canada. And um, yeah, when you uh, when you're winning, it's amazing, and and when you're losing, it can be it can be really really tough. And for me, early on, it was great, and then you know I kind of wasn't playing too well and, you know, new coach, new GM, and all of a sudden uh, the media kind of gets on your back and man, you just can't get away. It's uh, you can go to the darkest corner of the tiniest dive bar and, uh, and there will <laughs> still be somebody in your ear telling you how the power play should be running. And, and uh, that's, 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 that's my summary of how it is playing in Toronto for sure. <laughs> you got Randy Carlisle is what happened. Oh, fucking Randy. I hate that guy. Right. Yeah. I'm just looking, I'm looking up 2011, 12 roster and it's two head coaches, Ron Wilson, who I hear was great. Loops love Ron awesome. Wilson. Awesome. And then, love, and then another him. head coach, Randy Carlisle. And I'm like, ah, you got Carlisle. Hey, J- <laughs> hey, Johnny, you make, you make a great point by like, of like a little hole in the wall bar because I grew up outside Toronto. So I never went in the city a whole lot growing up, but when I would go back to see loops, I remember after like his second or third year, he took me to a couple of these like little fucking grungy bars. I'm like, what are we doing here? He's like, buddy, trust me. After two, three years in Toronto, <laughs> this is where you come to have this some peace and quiet. Go. Yeah. I, so my first month in Toronto, I think we, we started out pretty hot and I think we were like, you know, eight and two or seven and three. And we lost to Boston and uh, to go to like whatever, eight and three. And I just remember it was a tough game. And I was like, ah, I just want to go have beers and not talk to anybody. And I went to, like the smallest little hole in the wall. There's like four people in the bar and I went to the corner. I was just sitting having beers and some guy came over and wanted to talk about the power play. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> we're eight and three right now. Come on, get out of here. PP's humming, bud. PP's humming. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's so easy to turn into a hipster when you're playing hockey, like in Toronto, because none of the hipsters in their bars are going to talk hockey. I'm so like, you. I'm going to go listen to punk rock music right now. I'm going to just not be like a guy to go to cactus club yeah. ever again. Although the girls are so hot. Yeah. I'm just going to be a, I'm going to go full hipster, skinny jeans and vans. I'm good. <laughs> That's the bars we were going to a little yeah. bit at the end of his career in Toronto. So, uh, you just go to the Soho house. I think Nobody that's cares where, about hockey. I think and you're not once, allowed to have your phone. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's Johnny where he went once he got, that's why I think he got a membership there. Right. Cause he was like Soho house. Nobody cares about hockey. Mm-hmm. John, I was going to ask, cause we'd sit here and we talk, uh, Victor Hedman as the best defenseman in the league, but this Kale McCarr on Colorado is making a name for himself. Do you think he has a chance at winning the Norris within the next couple of years, if not this year? I, I said uh, beginning of the year, if Kel McCarr doesn't win a Norris in the next three years, I'd be shocked. I, I just, what he does on the ice with his skating and, and uh, the, you know, the way he walks the blue line, but he doesn't sacrifice his defensive play. I mean, yeah, he's not, uh, maybe he doesn't run guys over all the time, but he's still more physical than people give him credit for. And so he can, he can, you know, he can, throw hits and, you know, play solid defense. He breaks the puck out so well. I mean, Victor Hedman is, is, you know, he's all world and obviously one of the, the, the top, you know, two or three defensemen in the league year in and year out. But I think Kale McCarr brings so much to the table and, and, you know, should win a Norris within the next couple of years, to be honest. 
Yeah, I always say winning a Norris isn't just about what you do offensively. As a D-man, it's the best defenseman in the league. So you need to do yep. both. Carlson, in his heyday, and that was Johnny during our prime, Yeah, he could walk the line and he could skate and he could do it back and forth, but he was, you know, he was a liability in his own zone. But who yeah. cares? He would get 85 points. Yeah. Brent Burns... I mean, he's a little more comparable to me for me to Makar because he's big, he hits, he does it all. He actually plays like a forward most of the time. But <laughs> but Makar is is just every day the guy you watch, the most exciting guy yeah. that plays the defensive position and he does it so well. And our boy Mark Prince, who does our, our Instagram and stuff, had him uh, with the Brooks Bandits back in junior and said that this kid yeah. back then was doing it then and, and yeah. was a good kid. So I always love to hear, you know, that the kid's great a good kid. kid. Yeah. Great I kid, always, you know, great personality, super humble, um, you know, competes on, on the ice each and every night. Uh, you know, like I was texting with Christopher Stieg uh, last week and, and, uh, and he said, he's like, honestly, he's like Connor McDavid of defensemen, just the way he skates and the way he moves the puck. And Tyler Bozak told me last summer, he's like, honestly, he's like, I think Kale McCarr might be the best D-man in the league. He's like the way that he breaks the puck out. Like if you're on him going in on the four check, he pulls away within like two strides of everyone. And that's guys that can skate and guys that, you know, know how to four check and aren't giving up angles or anything. And he just, he's just what he does, uh, in both that, you know, all over the ice, you know, 200 feet. I just think he's, uh, he's a special player. And especially they got him for, you know, number four in the draft. That's wild. And wow. Johnny, like you were a great offensive defenseman, a guy who could carry the puck out. When I watched McCarr, man, the way he opens his hips and you know, when you get a D to D right. And you got to take it that way. Like he opens his hips and he's past that four checker and the whole ice is open, not only for him, but everybody else on the ice. It, yeah, it is. And, uh, it, I mean, you know, Rycroft and Kiefer break that down all the time in between periods. And it's just fun to watch when they slow it down and do the, the, the super mo and things like that, because it does show you just how the flexibility one, but two, the edge work that he's able to, you know, to achieve and, and pull away from guys and, and maneuver around guys. It's, it's, uh, it's really, really impressive. And, and I've, I've, yeah, everybody I've talked to have said that he's done it for a long, long time. And now is just, his body's catching up. He's becoming a man. He's getting stronger, and, and uh, it's going to be scary because he's only 21 years old. That's insane. I knew my career was ending when it, when everything had to become edge work. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a guy. I go fucking straight forward, and if there wasn't the boards there, I would go into the tenth row and grab that you know that blonde. Up there. Uh, could you imagine trying to get in that shot lane with Makar? Yeah, it's wingers. crazy. That's, that's one of the hardest things to do. He like he dangles guys at the blue line all the time, and it's not like rookie guys. He dangles veterans and lays them down, and then walks around them and. <laughs> And I mean, if, I, I don't know. I, I knew my career was over when I was in Boston and they were like, Johnny, we're not going to put you on the power play. We're going to put you on the Pelly kill. I was like, oh, <laughs> <yeah."> <laughs> Another guy I wanted to touch on, I know you came really close with him in Boston, is our boy Tory Crew. He's no longer with the Bruins. I think it's he won the best golden tee player ever. And were you surprised that Boston just didn't have a deal for him on the table? Like He was a guy that I thought was going to be a Bruin for his entire career. Yeah, I thought so too. And him and I still talk pretty regularly, um, you know, usually every couple of days. And <clears throat> honestly, I mean, he was, he was kind of that, that Boston Bruin that I thought he'd be a Bruin for life. I think he probably thought that as yeah. well. And um, I don't know. I mean, it's just in the salary cap era, especially with COVID and everything and how the, you know, the caps remain flat and 
teams have had to make tough decisions and it just, uh, you know, it's one of those things that that's kind of how it played out. I know he loves Boston, love Boston, his wife loved Boston. And, and um, yeah, it, it's, it was weird seeing him in a blues Jersey this year, yeah. uh, you know, pretty regularly. And I, I don't know that I ever really got used to it just because you just, you, you just see him in a Bruins Jersey for so long. I mean, he was a Michigan state guy and I love watching him, you know, being a Spartan myself. And we got close, obviously, when, when we were on the Bruins together. And yes, he is arguably the best Golden Tee player I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> but that's that's putting a lot of money into Golden Tee at four wins there. Yeah, in the North he Bend. sure was. It's a staple <laughs> of that place. He was a staple. It's pretty good it, pizza. Though. Oh, yeah. It was it, Tuesday night. There's one person in there. And it's, you know, <laughs> Drew, Krejci, me, and you know, like a few, hey, a few so- other guys just pumping quarters into the Golden Tee machine all night. That was, uh, I do miss those days. He sounds like a guy that likes his beers because Golden Tee and beers go hand in hand, don't they, Johnny? Like when I think of Golden Tee, I think like a pitcher of beer, wings, and let's get after it. Oh, Obes, Obes, you're not wrong. That guy, <laughs> that guy loves, loves, loves his beers. And, uh, and he's, yeah, he, he's, he's one of those guys where it's Golden Tee and there's like eight, Mick Ultras or whatever <laughs> yeah. lights lined up on the windowsill next to <laughs> next to Golden Tee. <laughs> no wonder he fit in. No wonder he fit in so good with the Blues. Yeah, Johnny. Last thing I wanted to ask you about because I remember we got scratched a little bit in Boston together. But the one thing I really enjoyed was when you tell me stories about Phil Kessel. Can you give us one of these <laughs> Phil Kessel stories from when you were playing with him in Toronto? I I used to just laugh my ass off and make sure you do it. <laughs> I haven't done his voice in a long time. <laughs> um, yeah, I missed the locker room. It's been four years now. Uh, let's see. Yeah, there's there's so Randy Carlisle, uh, Obes. I know you had him. Yeah, um, just a uh, fun fun person to play for. <laughs> um, <laughs> just an old grumpy fuck is what he is, hey? Dude, he so he it, he he started uh, team weigh-ins oh, when we yeah. were in Toronto, and so he had this target that every guy should be playing at, you know, he had, he had this idea of what Phil should be playing at. And it wasn't, (laughs) I think it was probably 15 or 20 pounds less than what Phil was currently playing at when Randy came in. And I just remember one time we were, (laughs) we were weighing in and uh, the the strength coach bells was like, Hey, Phil, you got to come weigh in. And (laughs) Phil's like, Fuck you, Bells. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> and so Bells brings the weigh-in sheet down to Randy, and Randy's like, well, where's Phil's weight? And he goes, I oh, won't weigh in. And he goes, you tell him to go weigh in, and started yelling at Bells, oh, the strength coach, so Bells comes back, and he's like, Phil, you got to weigh in. Randy said you got to weigh in. And Phil pokes his head out of the change room, down the hall toward the coach room. He goes, you tell that fat fuck if he wants me to weigh in, he can come weigh me in himself. <laughs> screamed it down the hallway. Oh, oh my God. That was uh, that was one of the, the funnier Phil stories. There's a lot of them. He was, he was just, uh, just a riot every day, man. One of, one of the best guys to play with. Lal Luce tells the story about when Randy took the Pepsi, took away. the Pepsi away from oh. him. He's like, "I'm not fucking playing. I won't goes, fucking play." He goes, "I'm, I'll, I'll fucking quit, John. I don't need this shit. I don't need." I'm like, Phil, you just signed a seven-year, like forty-nine million dollar deal, whatever, eight years, sixty-four yeah. or something. And he's like, "I don't care. I'll quit. I'm not drinking water. I can't do it." Oh, I feel his pain with the weigh-ins though, like. 
Hazy, you were a bigger guy, but Johnny and, and Up, you guys would always, and the weigh-ins for you guys were nothing, right? You get in there, fucking weigh-in. For us guys that were fighting it, that Monday morning, that Monday morning with the weigh-in, you're like, fuck <laughs> me. I'd be driving the rink being like, holy fuck, I'm in one. I'm in one for sure. So I feel, and hey, Johnny, Randy That's was the worst with the weigh-in. Like, he was such a prick about it. Like, oh. He, he came in, he came in, I remember, and took all the snacks off the plane and we had like beef jerky and, and, uh, what was it? Beef jerky and uh, trail mix in the back. And then you'd walk through the coaches area after like on a flight and there'd be, it was like a chip massacre up there, but we had beef jerky and trail mix in the back and there's 15 empty bags of chips in the, the coaches seats. I remember there was two coaches throughout my career. Cause you know, after the game, how you get the pizza in the room and. You know, you're right after the game. You haven't ate since fucking pregame meal. You're hungry, right? And there's pizza. Like, it's not that bad for you. Carlisle and Hartley were the two guys that got pizza. Like, no pizza after the games. I'm like, fuck off. Like, let the boys have a slice. Like, we just played. It's it's like whenever something goes bad, they need something to blame it on. Take so they're the like, pizza. it's a pizza. It's the <laughs> chicken wings. Like, the goddamn chicken wings. Take the fucking pizza That's why our goalie let in four pizzas today. And... <laughs> And our PP suck. Okay, it's because of the pizza. Yeah. Hey, and John, you got that nice wine cellar behind you too, which I love when I watch you guys on Altitude. Hart- Hartley took wine off the plane too, so me and Smitty, oh. me and Derek Smith, either one of, uh, either him or myself were healthy scratch. So whoever got scratched that night were like, hey, hey, go get the wine. And I remember yeah. the one the one day Hartley pinched us. We had like eight <laughs> bottles back there, like rattle around in our bags. And Hartley heard us coming on the plane. He's like, and then we got ding, fucking ding, pinched. Ding, yeah. You walk past them. Yeah, yeah. Ding, like, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> hey, oh, Johnny, man. let's talk about what you uh, you what you got going on now. I know you're quite the entrepreneur yourself, uh, living in beautiful Vail, Colorado. What a spot. Um, I see on I see on TV, bro. I like to watch I like to watch the Avs. I see on there with those beautiful suits. And you got the wine cave. T- tell us kind of how that all came into fruition, because you really get to show your personality on TV, which is which is great right now. It, it's been a lot of fun. There hasn't been much that that's uh, good that's come of COVID, but this is kind of one of the the fun things that's come of it. So, um, obviously, when COVID hit, they suspended the season, and we didn't kick back up until I think it was July. And so we started doing this. Uh, Altitude started doing this. Um, like sports social every day for a couple of hours. And, uh, they asked me to come on and I don't know. I mean, I'm sitting at home and, you know, got the kids and, you know, five o'clock turned to four o'clock, turned to three o'clock, turned to, Hey, let's just have a, have a glass of wine. And so <laughs> the one day they're like, Hey, do you want to come on? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Can I drink wine? And they're like, yeah, that sounds good. So I started <laughs> yeah. coming on and they started joking around, like putting my title as like wine connoisseur. And so then once games started kicking back up, we couldn't do, enough we couldn't do um three of us in the studio anymore on set and so they're like hey do you want to do it from home and they would bring me in from home and i'm like can i keep drinking wine and they go yeah let's <laughs> let's do that so i was literally doing it from my my office uh, originally and uh, then they came up with this thing called johnny's wine cave and so i was like well you know what maybe i'll just like throw a setup downstairs in the uh in the wine room and see if i can get the internet to work well enough and Lo and behold, it did, and and people have <laughs> it's great. People have loved it. I get so many people messaging me about what you know. So when the Avs win, I set like a, a whiskey glass back here, and I you know <laughs> pour whiskey in the post game, and so I get a, you know really towing the line there in the post game a lot of times. <laughs> and nope. uh, and people are like, oh my god, what are you drinking tonight? And 
you know, what's in the glass. <laughs> and it's, it's become, you know, it's become kind of a, a, a fun segment and I don't do it every night. Um, I'm doing, doing real estate full time up here now. So that's a, it's a part-time thing for me on altitude, but Riker and Kiefer are, are hilarious. And they basically just rip on me nonstop about how my teeth have turned purple. And, you know, <laughs> I've, I'm, you know, can't put sentences together and I mean, it's just, it's fun, man. People love it. And that's kind of, you know, where we're at in the, in the, the world today, you know, where you got to have somebody broadcasting from home. And fortunately for me, it's kind of a, a fun little setup that I've got here. That's John, a lot. Sorry, but I just want to say that's yeah. a lot of wins to start off your career. As yeah, a I, know what, I mean, they don't lose. They <laughs> yeah. don't lose at home, so I'd be pinned too. I was You're just like, how that. many post games do I have to sit here? I've, I need to buy way more whiskey. This should be part of my, you know, yeah. part of my, uh, <laughs> my salary. That bottle we got you as a retirement gift. That Poppy Van Winkle has that been opened yet? So, so you guys got me. The Bruins got me two two bottles of Pappy, um, and it's funny. I had two bottles prior to that from Alex Steen um, with with the Blues, and uh, so I bought two for uh, through him. So I had four to start this year. I only have two left, um, <laughs> and <laughs> the two that are left are the the Bruins retirement gifts. So I haven't nice. cracked those, but I get like probably five messages every game about when are you going to crack that bottle of Pappy on the shelf there? And I'm like, yeah, it's going to take a lot for me to crack that thing. It's a retirement gift. Maybe if they win the cup, eh, Johnny, maybe you'll crack uh, it open for the boys. That, eh? might, that, might, that might do it. Hey, Johnny, I love what you boys do at Altitude. And for our listeners out there, if you haven't caught a game for the Avs, I, I guess playoffs is a little bit harder, but what you and Kiefer and uh, Rycroft do, Rycroft, right? Yeah, Rycroft. Yeah, yeah he's Riker. a beauty too. But let's talk about Kyle Keefe. Like, me and Uppy have talked a lot about TNT and ESPN getting deals down here in the States. Like for me, Kyle Keefe, I'm not saying he wants to leave altitude, but I love that guy. And he would be perfect for like a guy to go to TNT and ESPN because he's cool. He's fun. And like, he makes it enjoyable. Like when I would see Kiefer at the rink, man, I absolutely yeah. loved him. And then he would show up at my, the odd after party to, for me, but <laughs> just how great is Kyle Keefe at his job, man? He's like exactly what hockey needs. He's unbelievable. He makes it fun. Uh, and listen, I, I just, I didn't know what I was going to do where I retired. And so altitude reached out and said, Hey, would you be interested in doing, you know, some, some part-time work and Kiefer and I go back a long, long time. And he's been there since day one with Cronky sports since they came in 90, 95, 96. And so, you know, altitude, I think started in 2000 or 2001, somewhere around there. And, uh, he's been with Cronky sports and or altitude since day one, he lives and breathes the abs lives and breathes hockey and, you know, being his co-host or whatever, an analyst. And he makes it, he's like Bergeron when you're on the ice as a defenseman, he makes it so easy and so much fun and, and just the, the banter. And, and I mean, he's self-deprecating, he's smart, he's witty, he's unbelievable. Um, I mean, for those of you that, that have never seen him, he's, he's, he's amazing. If you're ever having a bad day, just Google penis McNabb on YouTube <laughs> and him and Rycroft. <laughs> literally laugh in a post game show for 40 minutes straight yeah. because 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 Kiefer dropped it dropped the wrong thing he was throw, trying to throw it to Peter McNabb and use the wrong word and it was I mean that's just like that's how it is if you're not laughing and having fun then then the people that watch aren't going to have fun either and so you know I can I can sit here and regurgitate stats all day long but um, you know I want to make it fun for people Kiefer wants to make it fun for people and that's the beauty of of working with altitude like what other place? I mean, Barry Melrose, you know, tweeted something out the other day about about me drinking wine on a post game, and he's like, "What's going on here at Altitude with the Avs broadcast? This guy's drinking wine." He's like, "I love it. I've never been able to do this," and that's kind of the atmosphere that that they've been able to create, and I'm I'm fortunate to be a part of it. 
Yeah, no, you guys are doing a great job there, and, and it's just it's fun, and it's exactly what hockey needs, Johnny. Welcome back to Missing Curfew, Up Dog. OB. Fuck, here we go. The, man, the right. man, the myth, the legend. I've been trying to get this guy on for a while. There's Your been a man lot crush. Of, I know, there's been a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of chatter about this guy on the podcast. Our boy, Fact Daddy, Ryan O'Reilly. Thanks for joining us, Factor. My pleasure. It's, uh, it's an honor to be on. Yeah, there's been uh, uh, factor. I've taken some heat. I don't. I know you don't really have social media, but I'm I'm taking some heat from our listeners and Broadway and Hazy and and Connolly back when we were working with him about you know I'm always giving the fact daddy some love. I said, listen, I fuck guy's got six style. He throws backhand yeah. sauce everywhere. Fuck, what am I not, not supposed to do? Not love the guy or what? You're like I promise. I promise he's my buddy. I, promise. I know the boys. The boys have been showing me. They've been uh, the guys on the squad have been showing me like the tweets and stuff. It's hilarious. But, so I'm, yeah, you know? I'm going to tell the story. So I go, this is how I met the fact daddy. So I go to Denver. I sign a one year fucking deal. I take a little haircut. I wasn't making, I was going there. I'm like, I don't know anyone. This team was fucking terrible last year. Like what the fuck? So I come in the room. And I know who Ryan O'Reilly is, but I've never met him or whatever. So I, oh, there's O'Reilly stall. And he's obviously, of course, he's upstairs in the gym, right? So the, the music's on. A factor comes down with this sick little flat brim hat on and fucking this side, like looking pretty juicy. I'm like, fuck, guy's got good style. And then finally I'm like, you know what, boys? Can I play some tunes here? Because this music's fucking brutal. Like, oh, yeah, go ahead. So I put on my morning jacket. And then I just look over and it's like, bump, 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 victory dance. And I look over at fucking fact that he's in the corner going, bump, 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 bump. Like, hey, you want to have lunch after practice or whatever? So that was when I was first like, fact that I think we might have a lot in common here, fella. Yeah, that's where it all started. I think it was, yeah, it was my morning jacket. I think once that uh, that came on, I think uh, it became tight right from then. Yeah, it was It was just a time. Yeah, it, it is a time. And it's the first time I ever got to meet him too was when you invited him to Bonnaroo. You're like, guys, the fact daddy is is a man amongst his years and he loves MMJ and you should see this guy bounce around like a concert. So, you know, if we need, if we, if, if we can add an extra guy and we will make room for a guy like Ryan O'Reilly, no matter when, um, he's coming. So that was the first time I ever got to meet him. And it was, I mean, good yeah, times that, ever uh, since. That, uh, Bonnaroo ruined me, I think for <laughs> festivals. I don't think I can ever go to like another one, like just that setup and that whole thing. It was like know, the golf carts, our setup, we had the smoke machine, the lights going in, and they're just like right outside our bus. It was just. Well, yeah, but we also had entertainment because <laughs> you were there, bro. So. Yeah, and then Fact Daddy brought the old six string with him and started strumming it after late night when we're sitting on our bus with Long. We had Longer on a couple of weeks ago, Fact Daddy, and he was, oh, yeah. he was talking about that. Like, you guys had the sickest setup. O'Reilly was playing the guitar. Like, the band would come hang out with us, certain guys. It was just like a little jam session. I, so I remember nice. Factor gave me, I can't play an instrument to save my life. So Factor gave me the, remember the little egg Factor? That's like, you're like, here, just, <laughs> just shake that, just shake that. The little I'm shaker? Like, oh, my God. The big man have any rhythm? Oh, yeah, he's got rhythm. Have you ever, at the club. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I was going to say, you ever seen him back in at a nightclub when he steps up on top of the couch and just gets moving? You're like, God damn, he still can move. The guy can still uh, move. I, I can dance. I can dance a bit. Fact, Daddy, what, what's the last concert you went to before this whole COVID thing? We asked Longer the same question. Do you remember? I know it's been fucking a year now, but what was the last live show you saw? Oh, my gosh. Do you even remember? That's a good question. I'm trying to think. Uh... I probably know which one it is, actually. Unless you watch one during the season, which I don't know if you're... Uh, I like to watch shows during the season, but yeah. after we watched our Red Rocks My Morning Jacket, you went to see him in oh, New yeah. York. Yeah. I saw him, yeah, back-to-back. -back, uh, uh, played, I think it was at Port Chester, and then yeah, that's right. And they played at this, uh, this like, the tennis venue 
somewhere somewhere Forest near Hills, Forest Hill area. Stadium. I just remember yeah, Forest, Forest Hill, and it was that was incredible. Are you that was uh, one, like? Yeah, that show it was it was unbelievable too because both both nights they didn't play the same track one like that's twice. So it was just like it was oh, it was just unbelievable. Fact, Daddy, are you a guy that likes to go see a show on a night off? Like you know when you're on the road, if you grab a couple teammates. Um, I always tell the story. I was in St. Louis one time and I had like six tickets to see one of your favorite bands, um, the not Fleet Foxes. Holy fuck! I, Fleet Foxes are sick though. Yeah, no, it's Charlie Boy. Who's Charlie Boy? Oh, the Lumineers. The Lumineers. So, so, I'm so sorry. So I'm in St. Louis. Factor could, be, Factor could be in the Lumineers. I know. Look at him. Damn right. <laughs> he should be. It's like, you need a guy? Yeah. So I, I go to this show uh, in St. Louis. It wasn't at um, it wasn't at Enterprise Center. It was at the uh, St. Louis University Stadium. You drive by it every day coming in from Clayton. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so no one will go with me. We had a game the next day, but I'm like, guys, this Lumineers band's sick. I know they only have one album. They've been around for like a couple months, but... Like, we'll go have a good time. It's chill. So I go solo. No one will come. I have five backstage passes that Joey Scalari gave me from Live Nation. So I go downstairs before the show. I see them all harmonizing before I go up to my seat. I'm sitting there. I'm, of course, now I'm like, hey, boys, look what you're missing. Of course, you know, rub it in a bit. And I go up and I sit, <laughs> I sit in like the VIP family section and I sit next to Shattenkirk. So he was playing for the Blues at the time. And I didn't meet him, but we sit there and he's like, oh, Shaw, what's up? So I sit with him and his girlfriend at the time and we watch this epic show. And um, I always thought going to see music was like going to watch a movie, for example, before, you know, yeah, for yeah. the night out. I, I'd love it. You go have one beer, chill, dance a bit, you know, totally. get hey, back and feel good. So Fact Daddy, remember, so Fact Daddy, he, he's in a holdout. So Fact Daddy's playing over in Russia, right? And they, they fucking, they, they, they do his offer sheet. So he comes back, he lands in Denver. He's like, he doesn't have a place. I'm like, yo, you're staying with me. Me. He lands, he's like, I'm like, we got Passion Pit tonight, bro. I got two tickets for Passion Pit. He's like, oh man, you really think I should go to Passion Pit? Like, I haven't played all year here. I'm like, we're going to fucking Passion Pit, bro. You remember that fact, Daddy? Oh my gosh, I don't just just fresh off a holdout, come in and he's like, Yep, yeah, got tickets to Passion Pit, we're going. I'm like, I I can't. Like, this is the first day. First, like second back in the city, and then I'm back at a concert already. I was just like, oh my gosh, but it was uh, it was a hell of a show, that's for sure. <laughs> we were, I'm like, fact, I got legs going anyway. It's a long flight. Pass your pill, get you moving. You'll feel better tomorrow in practice. <laughs> he makes a good point. Hey, fact, daddy, our our, our girl, we all know Jill Limson, who's done some work for us. He act, she actually reached out to me the other day asking about you, and she asked me who gave you the nickname Factor. Now I gave you the nickname Fact Daddy, and I didn't have the answer for her, for so for us and our listeners, who did give you the nickname? Because I know your family called you Snook. Who who called you Fact Factor? Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think it was either. John Michael Lyles or Paul Stass. Oh, what a great guy. It was, I think those guys, because uh, uh, Bill O'Reilly's TV show, The O'Reilly Factor, they started, call, that's just how it started, I guess. And they started calling me The Factor. And then obviously you got a hold of it. Give this guy a hold of something, he'll turn it. Yeah, I think it was those guys. I think they, uh, yeah, those two way back. Uh, it was probably like my I think, first or second year they started calling me The Factor and then it just took off. Yeah, and then I was just like, I, and another thing I liked in Denver, anytime Factor would score, I'd be like, oh, oh, O'Reilly. <laughs> hey, every time he'd snipe in Denver, it was sick. Um, <laughs> did you see that missing? I sent Factor the missing curfew clip. Overtime that Prince, goal. Fucking stick on puck, Fact Daddy style. Best stick in the league. Yeah. You actually picked my pocket the one year at Calgary. You heard the, the, my D partner's like, hey, I'm going D to D behind the net. I'm like, Factor looks at me. He's like, 
Ah, sorry, bud. But anyways, you the, picked- hey, for, I'm going to cut you off. Yeah, at the yeah. time I tried to pick his stick up, I high sticked him, <laughs> cut him, cut him for ten. Yeah, Factor has a little more stick control than you out there, fella. Whoops. But man, Factor brought back good memories. I remember you you scored with four seconds left. The barn was actually rocking in Colorado that night for whatever reason, and. I remember we had a few JMOs after that. You were that first win. in the pile. Yeah. Right. I was fired up. That was, like, that was the video. Let's go. Where yeah. are we going, bud? I'll meet you at Spill. <laughs> <laughs> Broadway, what do you got for the fact, daddy? Well, we, 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 as we know, O'Brien raves about you, but the one thing he always raves about is how hard you work. And uh, I just want to talk about what you do for the off-season workouts. I saw those clips during the playoffs that you're training. Is, is your dad the one training you? Yeah, I do a lot of work with him, but it's <clears throat> with my dad. It's mainly uh, like I kind of have, you know, I guess a program kind of developed, you know, for, for like lifting and, and certain stuff like that. With my dad, it's a lot more like hand-eye training and yeah. kind of working on like, I guess like the mental side of it. But uh, my dad, Coach Bry, he's uh, he's very different. A lot of his, his stuff and his big thing is obviously as I get older is keeping my, you know, hand-eye sharp and, and all those things so we get pretty creative with a lot of stuff and yeah it's gonna because i was gonna say it seems like your workouts are all based around balance like are you a guy that's uh, lifting lots of weights or are you kind of on like that tb12 type deal thing taking care of the core and kind of focusing on that aspect of it yeah the kind of yeah as i kind of you know starting to get older it's transition more and it's not as much you know lifting it's a lot more of yeah like i said the core staying flexible um, and kind of with my dad, he's going to always push me in different ways, different directions to, to do different things. But, um, again, yeah, his stuff is a lot of stuff on balance beams. Um, you know, a lot of stuff with your breath, learning how to breathe properly and kind of lower your center of gravity and be in control at kind of all times. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's a lot of different stuff, but it's good. It's always, you know, it's always something new. Yeah. You know, the moment I get comfortable with something, he changes it, finds something away or asks me, how can we make this more difficult and such like that. But, um, you know, he's a huge reason why I think I've been able, my, my brother and I have been able to make a living from playing hockey just yeah. from you know, having him. Yeah, it's it's really impressive stuff that you're doing. And I think that's what like uh, Duncan Keith just touched on it, the breathing. I think that's an underrated thing for a lot of these players. And hopefully you see some guys starting to trend toward that way. Yeah, like uh, – you know, the biggest thing about it, when you focus on your breathing, you're, this is what my dad taught me at a young age. When you focus on your breathing, you're automatically engaging yourself into what you're doing. You know, there's nothing more present than, breath, than your breath. So, you know, he, that's something he always drilled into us, uh, you know, breathing through, breathing through a face-off, breathing through, you know, a shot, breathing in recovery, like all these things that, you know, constantly just training it, training it, which, which helps. And, you know, as hockey players, sometimes you get caught in these things. You're just overthinking all the time, trying to think the game out where, it, you know, when I'm playing my best, it comes from the way I engage, how intense I am just on each single battle, how, you know, you know, I'm playing and my ego is not attached to anything. It's all just kind of figuring it out. As the challenges arise, you just attack them. And there's no kind of, you know, there's no thought involved. It's just engaging and, and playing from that so it's yeah it's 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 a pretty pretty important thing that you know for myself is you know helped me so much yeah you gotta love coach bry i remember coach bry first time i met him we had dinner at fact daddy in denver there he's like 
when I say pink elephant, what do you think? I'm like, fuck Coach Bry, I think pink elephant. He's like, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay, I get it. I get what you're saying. It's all about mental, buddy. It's all about mental. Fact, yeah. fact Daddy, I do always talk about how hard you work, but I've kind of said this slogan for you. I don't know if you would agree with it or not, but I said the thing you can say about the fact daddy, all right, is he's he will be the last guy at the bar. But he will also be the last guy off the fucking ice, the last guy out of the gym, and the last guy to leave the fucking building. So I was always like, I was older than you, but when I played with you in Denver that year, I remember times like leaving the bar and being like, and you're still on the ice doing your thing. I'm like, yo, fact, are we, we going to get lunch here? What the fuck's going on here? You're like, no, no. So I'm like, I'll see you at dinner time. So I remember Panger came on NHL Network with me and was talking about this year, you taking the power play guys out after practice and working on the power play. It's just something you've always had in you. In fact, Daddy, you love being out there. You love doing the little things and you love the game. Yeah, no, I do. I think, um, yeah, I think with the game, you know, you, you realize that you can't, you can't play forever. And, you know, for myself, I want to, you know, squeeze the life out of it as long as I can and, and be there and have the biggest impact. And, and, you know, for, you know, training wise, again, it comes back to my dad, but, you know, he, he always said, uh, you know, the days you feel the worst are the days you just probably spend the most work you should you know yeah. do the most things so it kind of you know it's kind of like a rule kind of had to myself you know the harder we're gonna go off the ice the the harder we're gonna go on kind of thing you know? yeah <laughs> no you were and you were and, man. yeah you we, were. we went pretty hard there for a bit so hey, <laughs> it's on the ice a little extra hey, that year that's for sure but the, the, uh, <laughs> the most hungover i ever was in my career and there was a lot of fucking times i was hung cheese and you think it was like a night out in new york or out in la no no one day me in fact daddy it was like a sunday in denver and I text the fact that I'm like, yo, what are you doing, buddy? He's like, ah, just chilling. I'm like, you want to go grab one? Let's go grab one. And he's like, all right, we'll go grab one. So we go down and we're like, we sit down the first place on market. And I'm like, you want to have a fucking JMO? So I fucking sure <laughs> we just started going to every place on fucking on Market Street, drinking straight Jameson. And the next day, I'm at the Pepsi Center and I'm doing the old two on two or whatever. And I got the one eye back, Daddy. <laughs> and I was like, that, and that day just snuck up on the boys. Like I didn't even mean to get pinned, but we just that's started you, drinking a JMO. That's when you tell your D partner, do not pass me this puck. I'm all like, right. And, and boys, fact that you know I passed the puck hard, so boys were like trying to get payback at me. I'm like, boys, today's not the day. <laughs> today is not the fucking day. Just slide them over nice and easy. Uh, fact well, Daddy, can you can you explain um, hockey now as a father of two? Like, and what the difference is than you know just showing up a little hungover maybe to practice, <laughs> but like you know now the challenges. I always thought like the guys who have kids at home and who, who can show up to the rink and give it their, their all and go home. I have a baby now too. So does Jimmy. Um, you know, some nights, the early morning, like some nights, the late nights, I, I was up at four forty-five this morning, like, you know, dealing with this and I'm like, Oh God, here we go. But you know, so as a pro, what's the difference been? I always admired too, when the kids were on the glass and warmups, I thought it was the coolest thing. So I'm sure Jameson likes to come well used to and, you're when allowed. COVID, when you're allowed, but um, yeah, just just the challenges of being a father and and playing the game as as a, as a captain as a real pro. Yeah, it's like it's the coolest thing in the world. I think um, you know being a dad and Jameson and Declan and Jameson's like three now, but he like he he's starting to get it, and he you know, he's uh, you know we're lucky they get to come to the game, so he's been to a few and he's glued to it. He's watching and. You know, it's funny. He's talking to me about the game, and you know, he's telling me to score a goal and you know, don't pass to the white team. And like, he's getting to that age now where he's getting it. And it's yeah, so yeah. fun for me just to be able to have that interaction, and it's like, yeah, to to be able to share that with him. And you know, I hope I can keep playing, and you know, my boys can remember remember me playing and be able to be in the locker room again and and be around the guys. And it could be 
you know, I think we've all played with guys that had that and it's pretty, it's pretty special, but, um, the coolest thing. you know, like training wise and like during the season, I find, you know, being a dad, you have to be way more efficient with the way you train. Like you don't get those, you don't get two, two hours, two, three hours, you know, you got to go home and be a dad. And so it's, you kind of, yeah, you kind of grow up in a way, but you know, your time is used so much more wisely. There's not, a lot of wasting wasting time doing things you you go you get what you need you do what you have to do and then it's it's home to be in a dad which is so much fun and challenging at times but uh still it's yeah yeah you guys know it's yeah it's cool there's nothing like seeing coming home and seeing a little pcu and them figuring life out it's 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 the best I had Uncle Obi over yesterday, actually. Yeah, I got a crush on Uppy's little <laughs> yeah. girl. Is Came a, is over. She, like, she, just, she just stares in Obi's <laughs> eyes. He holds her up. She's, you know, she's six foot four now, yeah, and she I mean, loves it. You know what? I feel like we're pretty tight. You know, we've been on two private planes together. We've been to Maui together. I feel me and Izzy, you know, we, yeah, got, yeah. we got a connection. She's right? living. We don't like flying commercial, me and Izzy, right? We like to fly private. <laughs> <laughs> and, and fuck, we like to go to Discovery Projects and drink for free, right, That's Izzy? True. But no, it's, That's true. To Uppy, I mean, the fact that he... To, but you're a great father, and obviously, when you when I first heard you're having Jameson, I'm like, what'd you name him? You're like Jameson. I'm like, fuck, what a name! Yeah. What a name, name. is right. Like, <laughs> I would have just never thought of that. But to see Uppy with his little girl, it's just like it's pretty impressive. Because when Updog told me he was first having a kid, fact daddy, I was like, fuck off, like come on. But um, I couldn't imagine having them go to the rink with, with with that kind of stuff and watching you play. It's it's the one thing that we missed yeah. out on Updog. So, totally, yeah, totally. Fact Daddy, we got to ask you about this guy. You know him, Larry Flowers, because of the up dog. So we had Flowers come on and about this fucking Stanley Cup shit. We got to get you. I got to get your opinion on it. Well, it was it was just too much, was it not? Or what, were your, what were your thoughts on this fucking pigeon, Larry Flowers? I mean, he was up on the fucking stage with you boys. Oh, it was it was hilarious. I was kind of more like the last guys to arrive to the stage. And I come up and then like, just like with the boys and then. I just see Larry. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious, but you know, he, like boys love him. Like he's he's the best, you know. And, uh, it was it was funny. I think our I think Army was a little shocked too. He saw, <laughs> yeah, um, totally. especially to like it's so funny. He's got the picture of him holding the mug, like over the whole <laughs> the whole city of St. Louis. Like I, it's it's hilarious. It's like an unbelievable story. Army's but, looking uh, at the guys like who who the fuck yeah, is this I guy again? Sign, I didn't totally sign this cool. fucking. Guy. I didn't sign this fucking guy. Oh, that's I, great. I remember the whole thing was going on, and he was I was giving him a hard time, and then he'd say something. I'd be like, Factor doesn't even know your name, probably Flowers. And I'm like, Factor doesn't even know your name. And then at the end, he sent me a picture of you and him in the room of the Stanley Cup just to put a little more salt in my wound. But um, we got to bring loved, up the fantasy too. Yeah, so fantasy factor. We got to talk fantasy football last year, Factor. When I'm in Switzerland and you were you were still over here leading the charge. Go go okay, go ahead. I'll, I'll tee it up. So fa so fucking Larry Flowers thinks you threw. The last week of fantasy football and dressed Drew Brees instead of or some the whatever quarterback. Oh, I put in. I think I put it was Allen, Josh Allen. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Josh, Josh Allen, Allen who Drew absolutely Brees. fucks. We we yeah. had I won so much no. money on Josh Allen this year. But yeah, I'm a Bills fan too, and I put I think I put Allen in. Perfect. I don't. So you know what? Yeah, like, there's not even a fucking debate. So anyways, the Flowers is dumb dumb. I'm like, first so, of all. Fucking Ryan O'Reilly would not throw a fantasy fucking football game. And like, he's not, there's not a method behind his madness. And you just told us what the fucking reasoning was so we can finally put it to bed. Yeah. So I played him in the last week. Yeah. And he, and I needed to win to get in or something. And fact that he was already leading the, leading the league. Yeah. So anyway, he does what he does to his, to his team. And I'm like, fuck, I got to get in here. So I, I line up my team. I get in. Flowers, who still got into the playoffs, was upset that. Had I had you not had taken out Drew Brees, I guess I would not have gotten in, 
And then fucking, I end up going and winning the whole thing. Yeah. So, so fact that he still hasn't paid. He still hasn't, <laughs> yes. he still hasn't paid. And the reason I brought it up is because of that reason alone. He hasn't paid. And he blamed, he thought that you and Uppy had a little side deal going on that you threw in Josh Allen to fucking fuck up the whole pool. I'm like, <laughs> the fact that he wouldn't do that. So Flowers, we heard it from the factor, pay your fucking bet. He still owes a thousand bucks ups. Yeah, he sure does. We'll get it off him this weekend. Yeah, perfect. So yeah. Broadway, what do you got for factor? We had to clear that up, factor. I appreciate it. No, I was just going to go back uh, a little bit when touch on when you were first drafted in the second round. I think you were the only guy uh, to play in the league that year, not from the first round. What what was your thought process going into camp? Uh, Like you're obviously trying to make the team, but were you expecting to be there? And what was like conversations you had with management? Um, Yeah, like uh, the whole draft, I was kind of, um, I remember my agent kind of said, I think Florida was interested and they picked up like 14. 15 or something like that. So I kind of, I was kind of expecting, like I was hoping, expecting going the first round, ended up sliding, nothing happened. And then it was gone quickly the next day. Um, it just, it honestly, it was one of those things where I think the, the stars aligned. Like I was lucky that I was going to Colorado. It was rebuilding. Um, yeah. Like they were just in a, in a complete rebuild and I just came in and, you know, I just, you know, I thought I, you know, I didn't think about kind of coming and make the team. I was just like, I'm just going to work and see what happens. Yeah. And I think, you know, my agent said this, you know, you'll have a good, good look. They'll give you a good chance. And, and I remember the feedback the first couple of days, just uh, from a couple of coaches, just, you know, keep working. Like there's interest in you. And I just kept grinding, just tried to play preseason games, tried to play regular season games. And eventually it was pretty cool. Uh, they finally said like, yeah, you're going to stick around. You're going to play the year here. And, I moved in with uh, Darcy Tucker, which was just pretty cool. Being being a you know a Toronto kid, you know he's an absolute legend, and you know I don't think I said a word to him for the first like three months. <laughs> I was so like scared of him and to try not to make eye contact with him. But obviously he's a great friend now, and um, living with him was was so cool. Just that you know what it's like that whole first year in the NHL. Like it's just yeah. it's it's the coolest thing in the world to, to be there and. It's, uh, yeah, it was, was, you know, I got very lucky. Got very lucky about a rebuilding team and yeah. Can we get a request though? Do you got the six string near you? What do you got? I know you always got one within arm's distance. I got, I got if one you don't here. have a hockey I got, stick, I got a couple hanging here. He's, but, either, uh, <laughs> he's either got a hockey stick or a guitar here. or a jable. Or a got a jable. Blood on there too from uh, like a good night I was strumming. <laughs> I'm working on, uh, Remember at my uh, Obes was there at my cup party. Yeah, uh, Dallas Green. He played. Uh, he played Bob oh, Cajun. City and color. Hip and awesome. Remember, everyone was just like jaws dropped. It was it was unbelievable. But um, I've been trying. Yeah, trying to work on that. I haven't been playing much since having. Can you strum Bob kids, Cajun a little bit? Can you strum kids Bob Cajun? Kind of suck it out of you. Can you, str- can you strum Bob Cajun right now for a little bit? You think? Or? Yeah, I can. Give me a little taste. I love that fucking. Right. <laughs> Give me a taste of that, fuck, Daddy. and curfew first i would uh i would sing but oh, i haven't hey. been singing in a while so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that was a missing curfew first fact daddy oh, that was and oh, speaking of this awesome. cup party me and the big guy we fly in for it and the fact daddy i'll give this guy but you fucking met everyone in your hometown you, you shook hands you did all the right thing you showed up to the actual party in the helicopter which was a national league move <laughs> and then 
Fuck, he's got all the hardware. He's got the fucking Stanley Cup, the Con Smite, the Western Conference. Fuck, you won the Celtic or something, didn't you, Lady Bing too? You had fucking more hardware there. I was gonna, I was gonna steal one for the night. In fact, I'll take, I'm taking the Lady Bing for the night. Thanks, fella. But then he got up there and played his guitar. I was like, fuck, this is this is next level. So it was. I appreciate the invite. That was a fun Stanley Cup party, fact, Daddy. Yeah, it was nice. We uh, we we drank some nice stuff out of that mug too, which was, which was pretty good. Fuck. So yeah. So I chirp Larry Flowers, but anyways. So I bring the the. I actually only brought a bottle of black label, but somebody gave Fact Daddy a bottle of blue label. So Fact Daddy pulls us back in the back room. He's like, "Come here, boys. Bring the cup back here." I'm like, yeah. He's like, opens up the blue label, puts it in the mug. I'm like, fuck it. I'm having a sip of that Fact Daddy. I'm like, let me go. And boom, it tasted so good coming out of that thing. It was it was a good night. Yeah, it was. I, I got to uh, jump on the jump on the Vegas train with you guys to go down and say hi to you and congratulate you all on the cup party. Um, that was pretty special for me, but yep. You've done a hell of a job in St. Louis brother. And, uh, from missing curfew here, we thanks for, thanks for coming on and sharing some stories and laughs with the boys. It's been a long, yeah. a long awaited time, but, uh, yeah, you're a legend pal. Yeah. Fact daddy. Thank you, buddy. We love you. Um, fuck, go get that mug. We want you for it. And we got some, we got some scratch on it too. So go out there and get that mug and buddy, whenever we can go to a live concert, Fuck, I hope it's sooner or later. Let's make that happen, fella, and have a couple JMOs. Yeah. <laughs> I, I appreciate it, boys. Uh, yeah, hopefully I can get into the studio with you at some point too. But uh, no, I love what you guys are doing. It's awesome. Boys love it. Feedback's great. So appreciate you having me on. All right, Fact Daddy. Stay healthy. Good luck. Say hi to the family for me, buddy. You're the man. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.